Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI. Welcome, Khalil. Hi, Pat. For anyone that's not aware, Khalil is kind of the biggest influence that I have in terms of knowing and understanding coronavirus and the outbreak. I don't pay attention to much news. He was the one who has been telling me all about it. So uh, again, welcome to the show, Khalil. And my first question for you is, how has your day been different as a result of COVID-19? Um, it's been pretty interesting, honestly. I think that today marks my second week of practicing social distancing. So that's been a very different change. Um, for people who don't know much about me, I usually work in film, well, television mostly. So I'm doing lots of productions and I usually travel all around Ohio and yeah, everything's dried up since this has happened. I think COVID has affected pretty much every element of my life so far. Every single part of it? Yeah, honestly. I mean, my days now are mostly just spent um, either trying to share information about COVID through my social media or working on my own personal projects, honestly, which has been an interesting change of pace. It's been interesting to, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this outbreak has kind of put everybody into a very human mind state, if that makes sense. Like, I think it kind of took productivity. And yeah, while it's still important to be productive, I think it also put this element of health that got elevated in people's minds almost. So it's been interesting to just like be home and um, have more time to practice mindfulness and, have more time to really think about what leadership and what safety really means. Like it's, it's been a very interesting time so far. And we work out of the same office, Wave yeah. Innovation Center, shout out. And neither of us have had to drive there anymore. For me, it's definitely been impactful. For you, has it been different to not drive into an office um, and just work from home all day? Obviously, you said your entire work schedule is changing, but the, the office drive, has that been impacted just working from home? Um, yeah, honestly, I mean, to be completely transparent, I'm not the best at working from home. I'm easily distracted. So one of the benefits for me from the co-working space was that I was able to get away from my home space and go directly into work mode. So, um, noticeable impact in my ability to focus on task almost because I'm it's just so distracting. Honestly, being home is very distracting. Which is why I also try to practice like going out for walks or runs or getting some outdoor time along with it. Um, yeah. Also about the wave. I mean, honestly, I've recorded a lot of my own podcasts there. I think we recorded our first episode together actually at the wave before. Yeah. It's just it's just that lack of social cohesion that is that in person interaction definitely missed by by week two, like one hundred percent, man. <laughs> How have you changed as a result? Like you say it has uh, made it easier to get distracted working from home. So how have you shifted your behavior to address uh, the increased distractions? I think I've found, I think I've found a time to really just hone in on what I want to do. Um, so yeah, as a creative, I've always wanted to create stuff, but with this outbreak, I've been able to really focus my efforts towards like just helping people learn information which has always been one of my um, passions. I've done lots of educational and explainer type things, but it's been interesting to just like not even put that creative element to it 
but be able to display more like honestly like leadership skills and be able to just like help people i don't know like i think that i'm in this weird place right now where this is really it's opened my eyes to this idea of what being influential means what being a leader means um what what, what do people need at the end of the day so i, don't know, I agree I think, with I, I think i've gotten pretty existential when it comes to the covid outbreak honestly I agree with you. You seem you've always been a person that's tried to help people learn information. And I feel like this has been that opportunity for you to really come out and be like, look, this is important. I'm leveraging my network in a way that matters for humanity. And for those of you that are still continuing to do this as a soulless corporation or brand, I'm gonna call you out for it now. And let's have a conversation. Let's talk about what's really important. And I've you've been creating that conversation. And I've seen the passion that comes with that. And like, honestly, I'm you were one of the people that I'm most curious about how you pivot after this like i think about a lot of people and how they're leading the community and how their actions right now are driving that now there is right now inside this quarantine but then there's moving out on the other side i've been thinking a lot about where you're going to move are you have you figured out how you're going to fully pivot yet or are you still seeing the changes and making observations i'm um i think i'm taking more seriously the ability to leverage the network to disperse information um and the best way to describe that is honestly being in ohio i know that your listenership isn't all ohio and there's people everywhere but to speak about ohio specifically i found it very inspiring to see how our leadership here kind of took charge and started doing the taking the tough decisions earlier on a brave level i mean our um our head of our ohio health department she came out and said that she predicted there was about a hundred thousand cases around that was unreported and when she said that that was when this outbreak first really hit over here and nobody was taking something like that seriously and what they were doing was it felt like they were going off of this ledge that might compromise their social standings in order to help people and that really inspired me honestly it truly inspired me so i've I've decided to start taking note of that so like yeah like i don't know what my pivot per se would possibly be I don't have a full thing together for that. But I do know that it really helped. It helped strengthen my idea that we need the, we need the, we need the canary in the coal mine, if that makes sense. Like, we need the person who might seem like an alarmist or might seem like they're talking about an issue that's not that serious now before it gets to be that serious. And that comes with a lot of, that comes with a lot of risk. Like you said, um, I have gone to bat against lots of, like, of my peers, honestly, and people I know within the networks and like trying to call out, honestly, there's, there's two sides of it. Um, one was just trying to call out the responsibility of leadership. Um, I was disappointed, honestly, to see some people I know um, host events and drag people out and try to keep this social. I understand the point of the social cohesion, but I also understand that they were sacrificing the health, the health of lots of the people they were bringing there. So that was something that really affected me. It really, it really made me, question what is the point of being a leader in this time what does a leader need to be what does a leader need to be what 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 are these platforms we're building when we're making an audience and we're putting content out there what are we what are we cultivating that audience for and how do we make sure that our efforts help out that audience so no i haven't really like i haven't really dug enough into it per se to say that oh i'm doing this after all of this is over um i know one of the things i am doing when this is all over is i want to see all my friends again and have a dinner, like something very human and very connected. That's one of the things I know I want to do when this is over. I know I want to um, 
I don't want to continue to be a good source of information for people after this. Because, mm-hmm. yes, this is now, but there's going to be other challenges. Um, I work with a local nonprofit named Matter News, and we help focus on lots of things that are developing within the city. And I'm taking on a couple of things over there video-wise. They don't have to do corona, but they're also, like, meant to help show people what's happening in the community. And I'm just finding that to be a very impactful thing in my life right now, to be able to just help people and be able to give information out. Because it's hard, honestly. Those conversations have got to be tough. Like, you had it, at least you started to have it with me. And I started to notice um, you were asking me questions about my brand and about how I was putting out content and about whether it was to put out content or whether it was, and that, that started me thinking and I, I appreciate it. Tough conversations are hard to have, but I appreciate you being capable of having that tough skin and knowing what your intention is and putting that intention forward because that shifted me into thinking about how my brand works. And I have, I've taken a shift. I don't, have you seen the shift that I've been taking in terms of our social brand? Um, I'll be honest. I've been taking a little hiatus this week from social media. Well, that's a great answer. That's a great yeah. answer. Now, musician, and the biggest question you asked me was about Alexa for musicians. And you were like, are you putting out content because that's what the musicians need right now? Or because you're just trying to keep the content machine churning, right? Mm, yeah. Musicians have still been hitting me up. Like, as of today, they hit me up. And I told him that we were going to postpone it. And then he said, no, I would love to do virtual. And then I said, well, let me see what's going on. And he keeps messaging me and he's super persistent. And he's saying, hey, I want to do a virtual Alexa for musicians. Right. And I was like, you know what? I haven't done one yet, so I'm going to do one. But I don't know if this industry is going to shift virtually. There's a lot that goes on physically. I think musicians will figure it out. But Alexa for musicians, how it exists in a totally non-physical environment, I'm not sure yet. I'm curious about your industry. How do you think your industry is being impacted by COVID-19 on, like, we started it off talking about your more specific level, you in particular, but broadening it a higher level to your industry, how do you think it's been impacted by COVID-19? Well, I think my industry has been put on hiatus um, once COVID-19 struck. A lot of what I do has lots of in-person interaction. There's lots of groups of people traveling across the um, across the states, and it's a lot of it's a lot of shopping. It's a lot of just human-to-human interaction. Um, an interesting caveat is that I actually got hired to work on a show. Um, it's a Showtime series. I got It was my last gig I had before going into social isolation. Um, I would say that's about two and a half weeks ago now. I think it was a Tuesday or Wednesday. I drive up to Cleveland for the first, for the call time. And by the time me and another PA are basically halfway to Cleveland, their, change, their plans completely changed. And it went from a, day, a shoot day to a travel day for them having to go home because they, they were suspended from everywhere across the United States. But for that moment, they were all in Cleveland. And it became this idea of, like, how do you organize this body of people with this outbreak happening? Um, and it became this idea of, well, everything's on hiatus. I mean, when it comes to production, everything's on hiatus from the top to the bottom. Right now, it looks like the only people who are kind of working are the people who are in the news. But even things like Disney is on on hiatus. Every single thing is like in stop, which is kind of scary, especially when you work in my industry, because lots of people in my industry don't have health care. You don't have you don't have one stable job. You're working for different companies and different gigs. And so there's lots of things that are at play with this health crisis that really makes it kind of scary. And this idea of, all right, well, things are going to have to dry up eventually, but you don't know when they're going to dry up. 
you don't um there's lots of reports right now about when this will be over and honestly is the licky more later the sooner so there's lots of worries with that um outside of that with lots of my freelance work i've been able to focus on personal projects which was really something i do as a creative so like that's been great to be able to sit down and write like lately i've been writing lots of um outlines for screenplays which is something that i haven't even done in like a year and a half but i've been able to do it now because i have more free time on my hands so like finding that balance has been a really interesting mix finding the balance of being able to say hey my work field is on hiatus small businesses are not hiring for brand content right now um productions are not shooting what do i do in my free time how do i make sure i have enough money and then be able to turn around and say hey i could develop new skills i can maintain doing my passion projects and I can also focus on personal development. So I've been finding, I've been trying to find that tightrope to walk on, and it's been a really interesting, it's been an interesting journey so far. I love that you're using this time for experimentation. I think that's the perfect use of it. I think you're right. A lot of people have to figure out what am I going to do with my time now that my entire schedule and infrastructure is just shut down. We're just we're chilling inside. Now that it, now that you have a totally different spend of time, where do you spend it? The three um, biggest observations that I've seen technology wise coming out of this so far have been remote work people having to use technology to work from home that includes technology like zoom google hangouts live streaming people like musicians and event promoters are now running all of their events entirely digitally with live streaming and using like i was watching trigno earlier in tobilla like tobilla was doing some freestyling and he was working on some music and trigno was dropping some unreleased tracks and i thought it was dope and i was very active in the chat and then, so that's live stream. And then the third uh-huh. one is digital purchasing. With every single physical store being shut down, digital processing companies are seeing transactions on the scale of Black Friday every single day. Right. We have seen telephone lines for police getting blown up more every single day than what we saw on 9 11. Right. Like, and it's the, only going to go, go, go harder. It's going to go right. crazier. We're only so I think for you, I wanted to focus this. So, those are the, th- the three big ones that I'm seeing digital purchasing live streaming, and remote work. I think for you, the biggest one I'm curious of your thoughts on is live streaming. You're a creator. Um, You are also a musician, and you have worked with people like Kahan, and you've worked with a lot of musicians. You've been at No Smoke. um, And you also were talking about event promoters. Right. How do you think live streaming is going to impact your industry? Like outside it, in like five, ten years as a result of COVID. That's an interesting question. I don't, I don't know per se what live streaming would do. I've seen lots of musicians leverage the live streaming platform as well. Um, when it comes to me as a content creator and as a person who's really savvy on social media, I always wonder about the, about the trade-off um, benefits of live streaming versus curated content. Um, I think the content push is going to be pretty big, honestly, because now, especially if, you're, if you are your brand, this is the perfect time to focus on creating your elements for your brand. So, like, if you're a musician, this is the perfect time to create content that you can put up on social media. Live streaming is one way. I always say that you have to have a big enough audience to live stream, and that's just my yes. Thumb with I want to talk about this. I want to yeah. drill down on this. Mm-hmm. I've been ex- have I've been experimenting more with live streaming as of this week. Right. So the past five six days, every day, right. I, Voice First has had a live stream at eight a.m. If you're listening to this right now. Tune in at Voice First AI every day at 8 a.m., Saturdays and Sundays included, for a live-streamed meditation slash prayer session. You're invited to join me in the lead in prayer or meditation. Now, the first day, there was like one person. The mm-hmm. second day, there were four. 
The third mm-hmm. person kind of spiked, but I'm seeing that it, it almost feels like another edition of social media. It's like Sam Rothstein said, there are musicians that used to say social media did not matter whatsoever and they did not do any social presence. Well, guess what, musicians? Now your social presence is the only thing that you have. And if you didn't build it then, sorry, but it's going to be hard to transition your audience now. I feel like live stream is a similar thing where it needs in the similar way as a podcast. Like in order to get listeners, you have to be consistent about the content you put out. If you pretend to put out content, but it doesn't actually become meaningful for you, you're not going to see a transition of your followers because they're going to see it in your content that you really don't care. But if you're consistent about it, Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, my well, my well, my point of hesitation yes. with pushing live stream to that way is that you have to remember, live stream is replicating an old model of media. is rep- is replicating this idea of mass media. This idea that this is a channel. You tune into the channel. You consume this piece of content, and you're doing it in real time. I think that works. We have a really big audience because it capitalizes on this idea that my media is coming from the top down. Now, yeah, with live stream, you're able to have that talk back and forth, but that's that's the power of the chat room. So whenever it comes to live streaming, for me, I always tell brands that you want to focus on live streaming when you're when you're ready for live streaming. Uh, I, I personally think that there's there's elements of live streaming that you can also accomplish with something like the story. Um, so the story also has that in the moment element to it. Um, you're able to you're able to adjust it on the fly. You're able to have feedback with your followers. But one of the things that the story does that live streaming doesn't do is that it kind of stores you on this block of other stories. And so people are clicking through these stories and they're seeing it. We are live stream. Somebody might somebody here to tune in for that moment, or mm-hmm. it might be it might be pushed back to them later in the day. But mm-hmm. I think there's more of a pull with the story element of it. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big component of the Instagram stories. Like there was a long time where my Instagram page was pretty defunct on the feed, and I kept my following through the stories, and I kept people engaged. I kept um, it was the way that I kept my Instagram alive was through the story. Now, I do believe live streaming does have power. And I feel like if you're an artist with a nice following on Instagram, it wouldn't hurt to hop onto a live stream and interact with your fans, um, show them snippets of your move, of your music. But I also say that there's other ways you could do that. You can also record a video of it, put it, chop it up, put it on YouTube, put it on Facebook, put it everywhere, and they'll be able to share it. That's another element that you have to think about with live streams. Live streams don't really have that deeply of an ingrained sharing pattern that something like a tweet has or something mm-hmm. like a posting your feed has that 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 share button is very powerful mm. that ability to translate it over so i think that there's i think there's lots of elements that come into play with live streaming i have been interested in how some promoters are um doing live shows now now i've done i maybe watched one second or two seconds of a couple but i haven't looked into them enough to really see like what the traction is how the fans are responding i'm really interested in how that element of not being in the um moment separates you from group flow because I think group flow is another interesting element. I like what you're doing with the meditation because it allows people to act- actively participate. Somebody can be watching your stream, sit down and meditate with you. I think that's a very unique case um, case study right there. Live streaming is is just a, it's a complicated thing, honestly. I think I think with a cultivated I think with a cultivated following base though, it's a very powerful tool. Do you think any platform is better for live stream right now? Like this morning when I was running, I live stream my ran my run on Facebook, and it was crazy how much harder I pushed myself when I knew people were watching. But then Are my you meditation like any platform as a social media platform or a platform as in brand. Um, as in social media platform in terms of like Twitter's Periscope, Instagram Live, Facebook Live, um, YouTube Live, Twitch. 
Um, I think Twitch is a very powerful one. I don't know much about Periscope. I know that Facebook Live, Instagram Live are pretty popping. I know that I know that Twitch is really good for gamers though. And if and if you are a content creator, I think something like Twitch or even a YouTube Live is just a really good way to like. I don't know. You know, content in that realm doesn't even have to be much. You be you playing a game or you talking to the camera. There's so many different elements with it. Interesting, you brought up the TV channel because I even when I plugged it, I even plugged it like it was a TV show. I was like, tune in every day, eight a.m. This is the channel. Yep. Go there. Well, you're replicating mass media. That was the first form of media we have, right there. Mm. This idea that I'm creating. I am I'm replicating. Yeah, continue. Huh? continue. Continue. I, I I think you're 100 percent right. I think you're hitting on something here with, with it being yeah. a channel. Yeah, like it's mass media. You're, you're you're replicating mass media, which is why there's the there's an inherent conflict between mass media and social media because it gave the power of the creator to the social person. Was why you see this rise of personal brands and this idea that the CEO of the company is the face of the company. Um, these social media CEOs are a very big thing. I always tell you, Pat, that I think that you're like going to be the next generation of social media CEOs when it comes to tech. I honestly think that you're you have to think about yourself as after the rock star generation, if that makes sense. Not to make it seem like gloomy, but just to be honest, like like the first generation of these tech CEOs, they were rock stars before we started having the regulation push. Before we start before we started having stuff like Cambridge Analytica, before we started having people question how much Jeff Bezos really makes. Um, before people started questioning Jack and people started questioning Elon. Like they were the rock stars of it. And just like how musicians after the first era of big rock stars got to see how they rose and how they fell in front of their fans your time now is to be able to capitalize on that and see how you can make sure that you also rise but you keep authentic face forward uh one of the things i think you do with voice first i find very powerful is you really you're really into open source open source builds a sense of trust with your community when you're taking part in open source you're helping build trust you're helping build community that's important and that's what the people who are really into tech and really into social media are going to look forward to in these next coming years i think that I think that it's all about authenticity at the end of the day, if you ask me. I think as long as you're being authentic, your fan authentic, your fans are gonna love it. And your fans are gonna buy it, bite into it because they want authentic authentic stuff. So I think it's interesting. I think you're in an interesting intersection right now. Did you have you seen the can't I feel like I've already brought this up. Have you seen the can't stop Columbus movement? Yeah, I've seen a little bit about them. I haven't looked like I said, I've been on a hiatus for a little bit from social media, but I've seen, um, last I saw from them, there was a chart where they were looking for people to help contribute. One of the biggest things I'm trying to push with that community is to make it every part of it open source, the website, right. all of the projects and everything. I think this is the perfect opportunity. Every company's giving their stuff away for free. The baseline now is you have to be helping people. And if you're trying to charge, you're in the wrong mindset. If you're, you know, like, everything that's demanding attention is around helping people for free, helping people because it's what we need to be doing at this yeah. point in human history, like 10 years yeah. from now, 20 years from now, we are going to be looking back on this. And as business owners and as individuals, we're going to be asking, how did we respond? Did I continue just running Alexa for musician sessions or did I have people like Khalil on it? Did, did we talk about what was going on right now in coronavirus? How, how are we being impacted? How is our industry being impacted? How are we going to be impacted five years? So like, mm -hmm. You helped me to become conscious to that. You, t you brought me like a guru from darkness into light to then show me that, that that's where like I needed to do. And that's what I needed to, to go. Do you see any open source trends within the work that you do? Like in, in my field, we created the term open source to encapture a style of idea where 
Everything is shared freely. It's given up to the community so that everybody can build on top of that. It's a rising tide that raises all ships. Are there examples well, of things like that within your producing and or other? Uh, well, other outside of the outside of the creative endeavors, I'll go back over to the Corona health information sharing endeavors. A lot of the information we got over here was because of the open source platform across the world. It was because doctors were taking their cases and taking their studies and putting them on the internet for free without a paywall. And they were helping other countries. Like literally, our, the way that our professionals here are charting stuff is from studies from other countries that could have easily kept that to themselves. But they decided to share it because of organizations like HOW and because of small... Um, Let's, let's not t- forget to give a moment of time to recognize things like the doctors in China who were considered whistleblowers when they tried to let the rest of the world know that this disease was worse than was expected and that doctors were getting sick. Like, there's been, there's been this push from the beginning of people on the front lines doing way more than I'm possibly doing, if I'm being honest. Doing, <laughs> doing way more than I could possibly be able to do to help. And they were risking their life, their limb, their um, reputation, their families, and several of them died. And they took that moment of bravery. And that moment of bravery translated to me, which is why I decided to like, um, was why I decided to gear my social media output towards Corona. Um, for the first week or so, it was very heavy just sharing the content, sharing um, the stats, sharing projections locally, nationally, and also abroad. I had lots of people hit me up um, from Spain, from parts of the Middle East, who were telling me about how they were happy that I was sharing content that wasn't just American, but all around the world, because it was weird. I'll be honest with you. I had people tell me that I became their only source of information about it for a while. And it was a really interesting perspective change to have that responsibility to not just share information, but to make sure it's the right information, make sure it's not fear mongering, but it's making sure that people understand how serious it is. And it was just, and I couldn't have been able to do that if it wasn't for the idea of open source, if it wasn't for the idea of sharing, if it wasn't for the idea of putting your community above the individual. Because we have to get through this together. This is something that affects every one of us. Even if you get it and you're, as- and you're asymptomatic, which means that you don't have the actual symptoms, and you're still shedding it, your actions, are, your actions affect the entire chart. So this is just one of those weird moments in human time where, like, honestly, only once in a lifetime, everybody comes together on the same accord. Yeah. Everybody understands that we have, to, we have to be safe. We have to protect our elderly and our immune-compromised friends. We have, to, we have to take social responsibility and morality very seriously. Was I think why we had that branding conversation that we were talking about earlier. Because, yeah, you can focus on how does this make your brand pop if you want, or you can focus on the fact that you built a platform that has this many followers and engaged people who really care. And that if you share this piece of content, you might change their behavior, and they might reshare it to change other people's behavior. And it becomes this idea of what do networks really mean? If we're leaders, what are we leading people towards? If we're building an audience, what are we telling them? Like, what is the, what is the point of being an influencer? How do you want to influence the world? Those are the questions that really start to pop up in my head. If we are leading people, where are we leading them towards? Yes. Great quote, Khalil Newton. Next place (laughs) I want to shift to is drilling down into everyone needs to take action. I have been purposefully not acting this week, despite all of the things that are asking for. I'm looking at a lot of those projects that are going on on Can't Stop Columbus, and I want to contribute time. But I want to step back because of voice technology, and I want to sit down and I want to think. And I want to focus on what actions can we be taking, especially right. because both of us have this shared background of voice technology and conversational artificial intelligence right. and to shift the conversation of where can we be using Alexa more? How can we be building voice experiences that can help us in these isolating times? 
Well, one of the things that I think that voice can really help with is that if you become an information hub, I think that you can learn lots of things about tracking where your local cases are, or like, I don't know if there's already an open source or even an um, app that's doing that, but I think that's a really cool field to be able to help. I think another one's with education. Lots of kids are home now and they need other ways to learn and be engaged. So I think lots of the, um, I would I would, I would want to gauge, look at the stats to support this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see a shift and just what apps are being used right now, mm. what's getting more time, what's getting more check. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you're seeing more kids use. I know the kids who I live, I live with my niece and nephew, and they use the Alexa all day, every day. They're listening to music all day, every day on the Alexa. And I just know that these stats have to be changing. Um, another thing is, and this might tie back to when we were in Chattanooga, actually. I know that because of this health crisis, lots of the restrictions on HIPAA is starting to get loosened. So doctors are able to, inter- are able to talk with their patients without having an actual physical visit. So one of the things I heard about recently was how FaceTime was not considered a, a secure way to have these conversations that wasn't HIPAA compliant. But because of these new lax measures, things like FaceTime is being utilized. I would, I would, not, I would wage that there has to be a way that voice is able to help interact with the healthcare field. Let's not forget that these healthcare workers are, are our front linemen right now. They're the ones who are on the front lines. They're the ones who are fighting and dying, and they're running out of supplies. So I know that there has to be opportunities for voice to help out in that field, honestly. I think there's so many different ways that this voice tech is going to be able to help us social distance, help us remain socially cohesive, and help us spread information. I was talking with uh, the, his name is Bob Stoltzberg, CEO of Voice XP. He's been mentoring me and helping me out with Alexa for Musicians because he had the first uh, platinum musician on Alexa. His name's Chingy. And uh, I was talking with him and he was like, yeah, with COVID, the state of New Jersey contacted us and said that they wanted an Alexa skill to make information easier, accessible to people that are in their homes. Right. You know, they were like, I think, like you said, you said information hub. I think state government yep. see how many of these devices are already inside people's homes. And hey, it, it, it really is not super expensive right now with, with the time that we're in and how awesome this technology is. The companies that are building it are building it relatively inexpensively. So state governments can just be like, yo, let's just build an Alexa skill. And then they can just put it up really quick for COVID. And then exactly. if not used after COVID, that's fine. But I think we're still in this phase of what do we use an Alexa skill for? Is it like a website where we want to continue to update it over time? Or is it more like um, a social media campaign where we launch it, the content is there. And if we ever want to go back to it, it's still there. But like, we don't, it, it kind of dies. You know, it is marked in a place in history. Um, right. I, I don't know. I'm seeing a lot of stuff created right now that is focused on this single place in history. Um, how, how else are you seeing your nieces use this technology right now? Is it mostly just use music or are they experimenting in any way? Um, she's using it mostly for music right now. Does anyone else? She's like a teenager. She loves to dance to her songs. <laughs> Does anyone else in your house experiment with it? Um, nobody else really plays with it. Mm, not even music. I use I still use mine for um music podcasts, um timers stuff like that. Music podcast timers. I've gotten way more consistent about using it in the morning. Right, but I would. I mean, when my schedule being gone, I haven't really used the calendar part of it in a long time. <laughs> I mostly for news consumption. Everything is about tech and COVID because I've got in my subscriptions like Wired. Do you listen to Wired's podcast? 
Yeah, I listen to um, I used to listen to their well, yeah, I used to listen to their podcast really heavy on Alexa. Oh, haven't much on my um Google, but I do. I did subscribe to their magazine recently. Is it the so one I have two issues in now that I've been digging through? Do you hear the most important thing in tech? Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> That's all I've been listening. I mean, that, it's it's the first thing I listen to every morning. Is I can't even remember his name, but every morning he's there and he's giving me a tech tip, and I'm like, you are like a smaller version of Kevin Kelly. And one of the things that's been on my mind is really just trying to manifest a talk with Kevin Kelly. I, I actually, 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 this is an opportunity. Okay. I'm starting on speaking this in, speaking this into existence earlier today. Um, I sent Kevin Kelly a tweet and then I also tried to message him to try to see if there was any way that I could start to talk with him. He is one of my biggest mentors. I just, Amazing. the inevitable, Ooh, the inevitable, interesting sharing. Um, we were talking open source. Did you, right. did you at all relate the book, The Inevitable, when you were talking about sharing or have been thinking about what's going on right now? Yeah, for sure. I was thinking about The Inevitable, this idea that sharing is going to become um, almost the idea of less ownership, more utility, more um, trying to think of the way he framed it. But this idea of how does this push us away from this? I think sharing is big. I think sharing is big, honestly. I think sharing is huge. So I'm trying to think of some of the frameworks he positions in there. Um, I think a lot about how I think I've been thinking a lot about how ownership is kind of disappearing and how we have more of instead of owning the public use resource, you ride in it like an Uber or you rent it, you stream it, stuff like that. I think that's becoming big. I think it's gonna be huger even now. I mean, let's talk about the fact that films are going from theaters to direct to home right now. Really big movies are coming out directly to your house or direct to your laptop. Yeah, that was interesting. And that's never happened before. That's the shift that happened from COVID that we can't really go back from. Yes. Once people get once people get used to that, yes. the theater becomes something different. These are the role the same with people picking up on the food. Huh? These are the role. I was actually just about to ask, who are your role models right now? Who are the people that are that are changing the game? Like the people that are publishing straight onto Netflix. Whoever published The Irishman, published straight onto Netflix. Uh, They're doing. Scorsese, Scorsese produced. I mean, Scorsese directed that. I'm. The last open source mentor that I had was, um, um, oh my God, how am I not remembering him? He literally coined the term open source. He created the Tim, Tim, Tim Berners-Lee created the internet, the World Wide Web. Um, okay, Google, who, oh, she's muted. <laughs> who have been your mentors through this? Through this? Um, right now it's been a lot of podcast mentors. Right now it's been a lot of podcast mentors like Joe Rogan, Sam Harris. Um, Eric Weinstein for sure. Eric Weinstein is becoming a very big mentor of mine when it comes to his his not having fear and talking about things that are tough to talk about and going off on a limb for what he believes in. Like those have been my big mentors right now. Just people who are using their platforms as a way to help people who are not scared about the social repercussions of it. Interesting. How is how how can you talk about Sam Harris and Joe Rogan? I'm very I'm curious to find yeah. yours right now because I've been consuming a lot so of Sam, pages. So Sam took his um, so what Sam did was he took his paywall down for lots of the episodes he's had recently. He's called them PSAs, and the idea is that these are dealing with COVID. Why would I make you pay for that? And I think that's a really powerful way to look at it because what he's doing is he's making sure he's helping people. If that makes sense. Removing the and then with Joe Rogan, he's been able to have experts on to have hour long conversations, two hour long conversations about this, which is so much better than any White House briefer or anything like that could ever possibly do. Interesting. Interesting. Any Joe Rogan episodes you want to shout out right now in terms of Not off the top of my head? I know he had one with somebody who knows about infectious disease, maybe two or three episodes ago. I would definitely check that one out. 
Um, same for Sam Harris. He's had some really good episodes about this lately. He's been pushing this idea of meditating in emergency, which I think is really par- important. Remember to stay mindful. Remember to keep your body in shape. Remember to keep your mind in shape. And remember to keep that health as very centered and important right now. I'm writing down meditation and emergency. I think I, I think I want to check out Sam Harris's stuff. Yeah, he also had this point recently before all of this about the idea of meditating on morality. Not morality, mortality. So I, lately I've been meditating on the idea that either I'm going to die or all my loved ones are going to die, but eventually death is going to be part of my life. And this idea of like, how does that make me feel? How do I process that? What do I want to happen after I die? What do I think is going to happen? What does all the things I'm doing now matter if it all gets erased at the end of the day, like pieces of sand? And, and like, like literally I've been thinking about that a lot recently. So this is the idea of remembering that you're mortal, you're human, and be moral. Like that's been my main things lately. Meditating on mortality. Very healthy mm-hmm. practice to consider a little bit of death in your life. Yeah, exactly. It's something you're going to have to confront eventually no matter what. I think now is the time to plug socials for people who want to be following along with Khalil, whether coronavirus or beyond, what's the best way for them to get connected or to start following along? Um, honestly, all of my social media is just my name at K A H L I L N E W T O N. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at those titles. Um, also, if you want to hear my podcast, I have a podcast that comes out every Monday. It's called Beautifully Chaotic. So it's Beautifully Chaotic, hosted by Khalil Newton. Um, you actually had Pat. Pat was actually my first guest on the podcast. And I'm I'm waiting to bring Pat back on the mind. I'm really excited about it. But yeah, those are my socials where you can find me and all the things I'm doing. Khalil, I look up to you. You are my guide during this Same. coronavirus. Do you have any final intentions or thoughts to pass out before we sign off? Yeah, I want people to remember that while it might be tough right now, while you might be stressed out, while you might be lonely, while you might be tired, while you wor- might be worried about financial security in the future, it will definitely get tougher, and I don't want to make it seem like it won't. We're going to have some challenging weeks ahead of us, and then once we get out of this, we're going to have a really challenging economy to climb out of. But we will climb out of it. This is one of those moments where you really have to find out what matters to you, what's the most important thing throughout your day, what do you really care about, what makes you feel okay. And it's time to embrace it. Just because we have this time off, doesn't mean that you have to be super hype or hyped about this idea of being productive. Don't beat yourself up if you if you just want to chill right now. It's a very stressful time. I just want to say, remember to focus on your health. Remember to focus on your mental health. And remember to focus on just consuming good information and good content and just all-around wellness at the end of the day. Khalil, thank you for joining me. Thank you. I really appreciate it, man. Until next time. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Your Voice First podcast. If you'd like to learn more, find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and every other social platform at Voice First AI.